0: Welcome to Positively Dad. My name is James Shaw. I'm your host. I'm a dad. My wife, Terry and I are the proud parents of an almost eight-year-old girl, a second grader named Naomi. And I'm excited that you've joined us today. I I created Positively Dad to be a resource to dads to help us connect and grow, become better parents, partners, and people. And I think we're doing that. We do two episodes every week. On Mondays, I talk to an expert about something that's going to help us become better. And on Thursdays, I talk to a dad who's going to help us become better. Those are called Dad Talk episodes, and that's what you're listening to right now. Just me and a dad talking about being a dad. And I did these so that we could just get real and talk about real things and learn from each other. And so today we're going to talk to a dad named Kelly McCann. Kelly and his wife Leah have four kids, ages 11 to 3 and in between. And what I love about what Kelly's doing is just being really purposeful about being present. And that's a theme that shows up a lot with dads as I talk to them, is what can we do to truly be present. So uh, that's what we're going to talk about with him today. And as we do that, I want to remind you that we love talking to dads. I mean, if you would ever like to be on the show, just email me at james at positivelydad.com and let me know and we'll have you on. Or connect with us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Positively Dad. And then share these with people too so they can hear. Because I think we're going to learn a lot from Kelly today and learn a lot from all the dads that we've had on. So let's jump in. Kelly, thanks so much for joining us on Positively Dad.
1: Thanks for having me, James. I'm excited to have a little dad talk.
0: Yeah, me too. So as we start off, just tell us a little bit about your family.
1: Well, I am the father of four children, married to my beautiful wife, Leah. We're coming up on a 15-year anniversary here in the next couple of months. Congratulations. Well, thank you, sir. Our oldest daughter is Kaya May. She's actually our only daughter. She's the oldest child. She's 11. And then we have three boys. Cadence is nine, Koa is five, and the youngest, Caleb, is soon to be three.
0: Well, you guys have a lot going on in your house, no question.
1: Yes, we do. There's, it's always an adventure.
0: I bet it is. And, and so when we were talking, you said, you know, I guess, a realization you've had in the 11 years you've been a dad is kind of this shift from you know, what's your number one priority as a person. So talk with us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so when I found out Leah was pregnant initially with with Kaya at that time, I I was very career-focused, very career-driven, and I was a sales trainer for a Fortune 500 company at that time, and my life consisted of leaving the home for three weeks and living in a residence inn and teaching a class throughout, you know, different parts of the United States. I'd be home for a week, gone for three weeks. And as soon as I found out that Leah was pregnant, I said, I'm, you know, I'm not going to do this job anymore. This is crazy. There's no way I can do that. But before Kaya was even born, my entire focus shifted to, to being a dad and being the best dad that I could be. So I literally made a conscious decision that always my number one focus in life would be my children and my family. And I view in my mind, my role as a dad, as the most important job that I could ever have, way more important than any other, you know, work related activity.
0: So what was that like to come to that realization that you're going to quit your job? You were good. You were successful. It was, I mean, it was functioning at a really high level. So what was that like to go, okay, I'm done. I mean, how did you go through that? Because I imagine there's lots of dads that would love to do that and feel like <laughs> they can't.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it, it definitely wasn't easy by any means. It was a decision that I didn't take lightly, but it was also a decision that I knew I had to make to be able to do the things that I wanted to do as a dad, being away from <laughs> your family for three weeks at a time basically 12 months a year just wasn't going to work with what i wanted to accomplish and when i was growing up my my father told me time waits for no man and that kind of always stuck with me you know when this time that we have as dads with our kids is gone we we don't get it back and while they're young i'm already noticing with our 11-year-old she's kind of Transitioning into being a little bit too cool for us now, <laughs> so so while they're young and they actually want to be around me and they want to do things with me, I want to take advantage of that time and hmm. and be with them as well
0: so tell me a little bit then about what that shift was like and how you you know made the transition to really be more present once you became a dad
1: yeah so i i, <laughs> I do my best as far as my kids are concerned to always be a yes man. So, you know, if my son wants to go outside and throw the football or, you know, the the middle one wants to play Legos, um, my daughter wants to go for a bike ride, wh- whatever it, it is and however I feel in that moment, I will say yes. And believe me, it, there's times when I'm tired or I'm stressed or I'm distracted and I think I could be doing something else. But with all that said, my desire with my kids is when they ask me to do something, I want to say yes and I want to be with them doing what they want to do with me in that moment, if if that makes sense.
0: It does. Why is that so important to you? I mean really it would be really easy to go, you know what, I'm kind of pooped out. Can we, you know, do that a little bit later? So why is it so important to you just to be able to say yes?
1: So I've been through a, a class called Men's Fraternity. It's a Robert Lewis program. I've done it several times. And without boring you with all the details, there, there's basically a what he puts out there is a biblical definition of manhood. And one of the key elements of that is to reject passivity. And in my mind, when I'm saying yes to my kids, when I'm doing those things, I'm rejecting passivity. I mean, it would be easier for me to sit on the couch with a bag of Doritos and and watch a football game or, you know, do something like that. However, I'm choosing to reject passivity to be with them.
0: Mm, That's good. Well, and there's no football games for you to watch right now anyway, so it makes it a lot easier to not watch football.
1: that's correct. I, I don't know what to do
0: with myself. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, Kelly's a Patriots fan and they're no longer playing football. So that's, that's just how it works. Although my team isn't either. So there you go. So, so here's, here's the deal is that this was a conscious choice that you made. You had to make some adjustments in what your life looked like. And then I guess really not put you first. And you talk about being dad number one and then you said family number one. So how are you and Leah purposeful to about your relationship, you know, 15 years in?
1: So, yeah, obviously we have four children, so there's a lot of time spent with the kids. And we do our best as husband and wife to always spend some time together, whether that be after we put the kids to bed, we'll sit down and do something together. We try to. Oh, I said try. Sorry, James. We we plan out date nights as often as we can. You know, that that's difficult with always being able to come up with a babysitter or somebody who can be here. However, we don't forget about us and our relationship. And I think really one of the most important things a a father and a mother can do for their children is demonstrate how to love their spouse. I think it's important for my kids to to see me love my wife and, and love her well and, you know, to be affectionate around one another. We're, we're not afraid to show affection, whether that be a little hug or a kiss in front of the kids and they kind of get a little goofy about it. And I'm the same way with my kids. I, I'm not afraid afraid to show affection with them. I tell them that I love them every day. I hug them. I kiss them. I tell them I'm proud of them. Really simple things, you know, that everybody could do and- you know, not everybody does.
0: Yeah. So how? tell me that then a little bit about how you capitalize time with them, uh, you know, with, with all four collectively. And then I imagine, you know, you like to spend time with each of your boys. You like to spend time with your daughter. So how are you really utilizing your time with them?
1: So I, I do my best to figure out what it is that they like to do. Now, kind of as a family, we're all together, the six of us, we do a, a bike ride thing. After dinner, we'll all get on the bikes. The, the, the older kids have kind of transitioned into the hoverboards now. The rest of us are on bikes. We got the little guy in one of those toe behind things, and we bike around the neighborhood. That's something that we always do as a family. And then I like to know, you know, Cadence is really into football. He he loves to throw the football. So Whenever I have the opportunity, if I see that he looks kind of bored or he's not, you know, really doing anything productive, I say to him, hey, you want to go throw the football? It's always like, yes, yes, let's go do that. So I I throw the football with him. Koa is in the Lego building phase where he's constantly building Legos, running in to show me his creations, asking me to come check them out. So when I see that opportunity present itself, I, hey, Koa, do you want to go play with Legos? My daughter she just wants to talk she wants to hang out so we get the boys to bed a little bit earlier than her and then i'll go into her room and i'll plop on her bed and and you know just talk i i do my best to figure out what makes them happy what they like doing with me and do those things
0: what i'm hearing is you're paying attention to them you're you're noticing i mean you're you're it seems like you're very aware about uh, what your kids are doing and when they when there's an opportunity for you to spend time with them as opposed to when they hate say, hey dad, can we throw the football or play Legos? You're going to them.
1: Yeah. And I think that's that's important. You know, not waiting for them to ask you, rather going out and and letting them know. I think it's important that they know like, hey, my dad wants to hang out with me. I don't have to go ask him to hang out with me. He's coming to find me to to ask me to do things and i think that's a big deal.
0: What does that teach them?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Hopefully it's teaching them that loving your child and being a, a part of their life and doing the things that they enjoy doing is a good thing. It's it's an important thing. It's a, it's a i view it as an investment that provides a A super consistent and predictable return. Just building love in the children is going to help them love others. Well, is is my opinion.
0: That's powerful. That's really powerful. I'm curious about what your conversations look like with your daughter when you go. You have an 11 year old girl who, I mean, quite frankly, looks more like your wife's sister than than (laughs) a daughter. I mean, she does. I've seen Leah describe her as her mini me, and as you see pictures, it's so true. What's what? Tell me about that relationship to be able just to go in and sit and talk with, you know, your little girl who's becoming a young woman and what that's, what that's like.
1: Yeah. So it's very important. I mean, with all the kids, but especially I think with her at this point that I have to ask specific and very open ended questions if we're going to have a conversation you know, if I just say, hey, how was school? Good. It would you know, I can't say things like that. So I have to have specific questions. Tell me about the funniest thing that happened at, at school this week. And that'll open her up, you know, oh, Maria dropped this thing on the floor or whatever the case may be. Asking those type of questions that are open-ended, but also specific in nature, I think really gets those conversations going. And then, you know, then it becomes more natural, but getting them started sometimes is, is the most difficult part.
0: And, and so I'm curious then about your thoughts about why that's so important. You know, you're laying the foundation for something at 11 that I imagine you hope pays off at 15, 16, 17, and so on.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I hear so many stories and even seen it to some degree with cousins and nieces and in my family where kids and and i think maybe to a greater extent girls reach a, a point of their maturity where it's it's difficult to get them to open up and to have a conversation with their dad and i don't want my daughter to ever be afraid to talk to me especially when you know there's more pressing things to talk about in her teenage years and her young adult years i want her to trust me and more importantly to know that i listen to her and that i care what she has to say so then if something you know important <laughs> happens that she can come to me and talk to me about it and feel comfortable in doing that
0: yeah that, that's really important i did a, a podcast interview recently from the University of Michigan had done a study about, would parents know if their teenagers were depressed? And like nearly every parent said they would, and then they found that basically none of them actually knew. And, and that, I think, comes from, what kind of conversations are we having? Are we sitting down and talking with them? And it sounds like you're purposeful for that. So the hope would be that, yeah, at a time that she needs dad, because she's going to need him and your boys are going to need you too, that they feel like they can come to you.
1: Yeah. And I think, I mean, for me, that's probably the most important thing, teaching them and helping them understand that no matter what it is, you know, if it's trouble, if it's they're sad, whatever the case may be, that they can come to us. They can come to me. They can come to Leah. They can talk to their parents openly. And we're there to help them, not to judge them or to point out what they did wrong. But Instead, we're there to to help walk them through whatever the situation is. So, what have you
0: learned in your eleven years of being a father that you that really surprised you?
1: Oh man, I get surprised every single day. Probably the for me personally, the biggest surprise was that that I could actually do this stuff. I mean, growing up as a as a young adult in my twenties, I I never imagined that I would get married, let alone have kids. (laughs) And as soon as I met Leah, I knew I was definitely getting married. (laughs) And it's just that you surprise yourself. I have surprised myself with what we're able to do just naturally. There's no real parenting class to go to and graduate from. It's just the experiences that you have and learning from them and Allowing your kids to see you learn from your mistakes, I think is huge. And I know other guests I think have have touched on that. Just being yourself and learning in front of the kids is is not an embarrassing thing. It's a good thing
0: well that's yeah, that's a good perspective. And I'm curious what you would teach a dad you know if you had a chance to sit down with a dad and they go, You know, Kelly, tell me what is like, I mean, I'm so excited about being a dad. What's the one absolute thing I've got to know? What would you teach them?
1: I would say that probably one of the most important things a dad can do in 2020, and I know others have talked about this, is unplug when you get home. And to whatever degree that is, however long you can do it, do it. My phone like yours, constantly is getting texts, emails, calls for work and and other things. So when I get home until the time we're finished with dinner and we've bathed kids and put them in bed, the volume on my phone goes off and it sits muted face down on the counter. I don't pick it up. I don't look at it. I don't scroll through it. I, I just put it there and I forget it. And that allows me to be present with the kids and have them see me and it's just i think it's so easy to get sucked in to the the phone or the tablet and that's not the example i want to show that demonstrate for my kids so if i would give any father one piece of advice it would be that
0: so it's always it's, this is so fascinating in the time I've done this and the dads that I've talked to, and I know you've listened. Literally, like every dad, that's their thing. Their thing is to say, put the phone down and connect. And so this is clearly an issue. Why do you think it's such a challenge?
1: I don't know, and I know there have been studies on it where it's sending off endorphins in your brain or whatever the deal is because you you think you've got a notification on your phone. But I'll tell you, I I think it's crazy because we eat together as a family, you know, I don't know, 360 out of 365 days a year, and there's no cell phones or electronics at the dinner table, especially not in a restaurant. And just seeing stuff like that where you can literally walk into a restaurant and there's a family of four, all four of them have a device out and they're staring at the device. To me, that I just don't understand that. That's crazy town to me. and I never w- want to be in that type of position. And I, I don't know why it's so hard, but it's definitely an issue because I see it everywhere around me.
0: Was it an issue for you guys? Like, did you have a time where you and Leah realized that, hey, we're on these things too much, we got to put them down? Because you do have busy lives and uh, a business that you're running and all that kind of stuff. So did you come to a point that you realized it was an issue and so you made a conscious choice? Or is it just always been something that you guys have been pretty good at?
1: No, I th- I think it was more of a choice for me personally when I realized that sometimes early on that Kaya could be saying something to me and I literally wasn't listening to her because I was reading an email or you know doing something on the phone and there was a specific time when I realized that and I said whoa what am I doing like this can wait she can't wait this thing on my phone can wait so for me it was definitely a conscious decision
0: That's amazing so then then what I guess system do you have in place to make sure that you can run your business and be effective at what you do and also be present as a dad
1: so during the hours where I'm on the clock you know when when they're either at school or I'm still at work I'm a hundred percent Focused on the tasks that I have to complete during that time. And I get the work done. When I come home, I have that, whatever the stretch is, you know, three hours where I'm completely unplugged. And then I'll pick it back up and work after they're asleep. And are there times where I miss a call and it seems like it's super important? Yeah, sure. That happens. I just don't let it affect my mindset on the decisions that I've made because stuff always gets done. Time has a way of making that happen. So what we need to do, we do when we do it. And I keep that time period from when we get home to when they go to bed as the time to be a present dad.
0: So really connect with them. I mean, here's what I've learned, right? You said you've made made a decision to make being a dad your number one thing above, you know, a focus on career. And at the same time, you, you still have a very successful business. And and if people go back and listen, I talked with Jay Papasan. You know who Jay is? He's the co-author yeah. of the One Thing book. And I talked with him about this specifically. And he said he believes you can have a very successful business life and a really connected family life at the same time. And so if, if those of you listening haven't heard that episode, go back and hear it. And it sounds like, Kelly, that that's what you and, and Leah are doing. You have successful business uh, business lives and really connected family lives too.
1: Yeah, and I mean, that has been our goal from the very beginning. And Leah and I will talk about this together. Yes, we run a business together. It is a successful business. And we will both say to each other, the business portion of our life will never become more important than the family and the kids, no matter what. We won't allow that to happen. And it's completely possible to to do it. Plenty of people do do it. You just have to have a focus and a plan on how to make it work and then work together to make it happen.
0: That's amazing. Well, Kelly, you've taught us a lot today. Thank you so much for being on and sharing and congratulations on 15 years of marriage coming up. And uh, I just, yeah, it's exciting. And I just appreciate all you've done for us today. Thanks so much.
1: Thanks for having me on, James. Enjoyed it
0: good stuff from kelly right making being a dad his number one priority he left a really successful job to do that and turned out he built uh, he and his wife built another really successful job that allows him to to stay at home that he is being present that he's really capitalizing the time with kids and rejecting passivity right getting rid of that and willing to to be present with them and play i think we learned a lot i also got that he's truly paying attention to what his kids want So I want to remind you about some episodes you might go back and listen to. And I bring these two episodes up a lot because they're good for us. One of them I mentioned in the interview with Kelly, and that is going back and listening to Jay Papasan on living a big life. And Jay and Gary Keller wrote a book called The One Thing, and and Jay did did an episode with us where he said, look, you can have a really successful business life and a great family life too if we're purposeful, we got to make some adjustments. So I'm going to recommend you go back and listen to Living a Big Life with Jay Pappasan. The other one is the, the one on screens. Now, I've done three episodes on screens and technology that would be of value. Two of them are specifically about kids. So one's with Jordan Shapiro. You might go back and listen to that. And then I did an episode with Anya Kemenitz about her book. And we did one on kids and screens and the other on parents and screens. So you might go back and look at those as well. You'll find all of them on PositivelyDad.com or wherever you're listening. You know, it's all on Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and so on. All right, I want to thank you for listening to Positively Dad today. You know, I saw some numbers, and we are now ranked in the UK. We are ranked in the UK number 77 podcast for parents. So that's really cool. So thanks for helping us do that. If you liked it, would you share it with people that you know? You know, just send them the link or or whatever. And really, all of our growth is organic. It comes from people like you listening and sharing it with others. So if you do that, that would be awesome. And then wherever you're listening, if you would rate us and review, five stars are amazing. We love those. And any reviews so that people can see what we're doing over here at Positively Dad and really help connect with them. Finally, find us on social media as well. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search Positively Dad. You'll find us. And then I'd love to connect with you too, james at positivelydad.com. That's it for today. Great dad talk with Kelly, and I appreciate you listening. I'm James Shaw. We'll see you next time on Positively Dad. Bye-bye.